Tale of the Manticore. Bonus material. The story so far. Chapters 21 through 30. What follows over the next few minutes is not an episode of Tale of the Manticore, and it will not take the place of a real episode. It's just bonus content, a mini-summary of the last ten chapters, told in the minimum number of words possible. Let's get started. In Chapter 21, the PCs are visited by Twarlin Zarin, the daughter of Stablemaster Zarin, who was executed on the first day of the Three Days of Blood and Justice. Twarlin wants the PCs to avenge her father, and, as Bellic is a customer of her establishment, she thinks she can provide an opportunity. The companions accept the contract and make their plans. The first phase of the assassination goes well. Catsbane and Sean A manage to lock out one of Bellic's guards and kill the other. In the next chapter, we see phase two unfold. Phase two is even more successful than the first. The PCs complete the task with skill and grace, and as it turns out, even though the hit was unsanctioned by the guild, Lord Rabbit is pleased with the result. So pleased, in fact, that he gifts the companions with a magical pair of gloves. During their meeting, Lord Rabbit tells Yellowfly that a member of the church wants to speak with him. Is a promotion in his future? No, the meeting is not what Lord Rabbit thought it would be. This is something very different, as the person seeking audience with Yellowfly turns out to be Sister Araness, the High Priestess of Sidal. In Chapter 23, Sister Araness explains why she has sought them out. She wants to get back a holy symbol Belloc confiscated from her and put under guard at the Tower of the City Watch. Here is her plan. Shawnee and Catsbane, disguised as initiates, will accompany her on her weekly visits to the Tower, and when the time is right, Shawnee will swap the real symbol for a fake. Episode 24 is really only about one thing, the mission to retrieve the holy symbol. The day of the mission comes. So the PCs bring the fake holy symbol, and, taking on considerable risk, Shawnee makes the switch right under the guard's nose. It's yet another triumph for the companions. The next episode begins with Catsbane picking up their payment for that triumph. It's a handsome sum in gold coins, and a magical healing potion. Over a celebratory meal of pork bone soup, Shawnee reminisces over her childhood, and we finally learn how she got the scar on her chin. When the companions leave and head home, Yellowfly changes their course along the way, secretly communicating to the others that they are being followed. He leads them into an alley where they hope to ambush their tail, but the tail gets wise and runs. The companions pursue, but ultimately fail to catch the stranger. In Chapter 26, Yellowfly takes his gang to a place where they can lay low. The Wind of the Cliffs is a ramshackle inn run by a woman named Janelle, who is a member of their guild. Meanwhile, deep underground Whitestone Castle, Carrick Malmar, the Royal Archmagus, finally finds a way to open the door that had confounded him for so long. In a flashback going way into the past, we witness the newly crowned King Vincis and his two companions as they pass through the very same portal. It's hard to say why, but this doesn't seem like good news. Returning to the present, we watch the companions playing a dice with Janelle and her son in the Wind of the Cliffs. During the game, Janelle tells them about an opportunity, a job working alongside a different church gang on a mission outside the city. The next chapter begins with the PCs riding south towards the town of Brannon. They've signed on with another church gang and are providing a bit of muscle in a scheme to bait the Waping Eye into an ambush. Unfortunately, something goes wrong. Someone must have betrayed them, 
because a large group of weeping eye thieves, led by a warlock named Suro the Mad, turns the tables and ambushes them. Chapter 28 deals with a bloody combat as the PCs try to hack their way out of Suro's trap. Surrounded and outnumbered, it does not look good, but fortune favors them and they manage to get the upper hand at the cost of two new friends. But the episode ends before the encounter is truly resolved. There's still Suro the Mad and his two bodyguards left to deal with. The next chapter quickly ends this stalemate. Suro the Mad is forced to flee, abandoning his bodyguards to their fate. Those two men immediately race into the woods to try to get away, and they do. The PCs, hot in pursuit, cannot catch up. They have all but given up when they hear sounds of distress. The cries are coming from the bodyguards. They have fallen into a pit trap. Shawnee uses her rogue skill to climb down into it. She finds one of the weeping eyes still alive, and he wants to talk. In chapter 30, Shawnee questions him and gets a name. After, she dispatches him, mostly out of mercy, and climbs out of the pit. While looking for firewood, Jace finds a cave entrance, and the companions use its shelter to build a small fire. Going further in, they discover signs of human occupation, though by appearance, no one has been living there for years. Finally, the story returns to Carrick, who has been wandering the halls of a dungeon under the castle. He finds a sarcophagus with a holy symbol of Sadal resting atop it. Warding himself with a half a dozen spells, the archmage takes the symbol and the sarcophagus opens. <laughs>